NHL Fantasy. No excuses. <laughs> uh, friggin' blinded myself. Made a huge mess. Did you, worth it. Did you get beer in the eye? I got beer in the eye, but I got a little in my mouth, too, so it's not too bad. <laughs> That's what she said. Well, it's just foam. It's just foam. <laughs> it's just foam, everybody. Take it easy. Uh, TSF Podcast 185. Studs and duds. We got some playoffs to talk about, some news to talk about. It's December 28th. Dow's kind of missed the crack. It's all right. We'll, <laughs> we'll get over it. What are you What are you drinking over there? Super tree from Treehouse, baby. My sister made a run, brought him up for Christmas. She said, here, I got you some stuff. Enjoy it. Now I'm just working my way through the case. There you go. How many did you get? Did you get your full case, full 24? Oh, of course. What else would you What else would you do for a brother as good as me? <laughs> we, were just, we were just talking about the, uh, was it the King, uh, King Cobbler? Yeah, King Cobbler. I mean, I had that the other night. I'd say that's got to rank up there with some of the best tree houses I've ever had. I mean, I love Super Treat. Don't get me wrong. It's probably my favorite, just consistently home run caliber beer. But the King Cobbler, like that hit different. They're telling, I mean, right on the can, this is King Julius plus Peach. I'm like, well, you're hitting, you're checking all my boxes here. <laughs> peach puree, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's good shit. I got uh, this break side. Uh, so, the the uh we're on a zoom call right now too by the way for the shelfies it says employee owned out of portland oregon portland That's good yeah, portland i don't know like green bay packers what does that even mean employee owned so i don't know it's called breakside uh wander lust uh ipa 6.2 percent. i've never had it before i poured it and this this is what it looks like it's see-through so already it's a, a little clear start. Not a great start for me. Uh, anyway, uh, already at the rip. We already said it was uh, December 28th. TopShelfFantasy.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TopShelfFNTSY. We don't have a whole like packed docket, so I think a lot of us just might be shooting from the hip, which is what you and I are usually pretty good at. Um, yeah. And speaking of, should we talk about us first? Fuck it. Uh, I mean, I think that's the most important thing. I put it right in here. Like, This is the news of the week, the news of the year. News of the century. Everybody's the Super Bowl. <laughs> Everybody in <Yeah>. Charlton, <laughs> Portland, <laughs> Oregon. Oh, they're all watching. Dows and I are facing off in the Red Dog Championship, which this is the first year. So this is one of our home leagues, uh, 12-team league. We just converted it this year to a super flex. And you and I, the lone two for the for the championship belt, which we're going to have a belt. So, yeah. it, I mean, it should be pretty legit. And, I mean, this is like – probably the longest running league that I'm a part of. I think it's at least very, very close. I mean, this red dog league has been going, I know you have the Twan league. That's probably yours. Um, but this league, I mean, we've had some, some substitutions of, of managers over the years, but this league has been together even three or four years before I even joined. So this is one of the biggest uh, leagues we or that I do. And I, I'm really happy to have a shot at the title. I've been close. I've made the playoffs a lot, but never made, the final week of the season in this league. And I'm, I'm really excited to have a shot to bring home the championship. Unfortunately, I'm running into your team, which is a goddamn buzzsaw. <laughs> now I'm trying to give every single one of your players COVID. I'm going, I'm, I already got a sample coming from Mike Williams. I'm about to share it around your whole squad. Cooper cup. Watch out, buddy. Yeah. Uh, please don't do that. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> please do not weaponize COVID against my team. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like I think he goes back even earlier than 2014, but I think the the latest, well, I don't know, first place Koopa Trooper. I won it our very first year that we had it. Uh and uh that, that was, was before you were even commissioner. That was before I was commissioner. I had to take over commissioner uh from uh from Bash. Bash if you're <laughs> listening, shout out. Uh but yeah, so 2014. So what's that make it? It makes it 7 years old, seven, 8 years old, yeah. something like that. Uh, I mean, it's pretty and I've probably been time. around for five now. If I had to guess, five, six. Yeah, I would. I would imagine you've been around for for quite a while. I, I would because I, I had a league that ran, you know, since since high school, and then we just maybe two years ago disbanded. Like, just didn't have the interest. Like, people were falling off left and right. We went down to a ten man league, and then eventually we were just like, "That's enough of this." 
Well, we're trying to expand Tuan, so I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll we'll get some guys in there. Um, but yeah, so we'll be going up on we'll be coming up on ten years soon, which means ten year uh, ten year for a for a league. I think is is quite the fucking milestone. So we'll have to do something. But yeah, year uh, year whatever one two three four five six seven eight year eight is that right? Is my math right on that? Two thousand twenty one. I think so. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Year eight. I'm back in the fi- I'm back in the finals. I think I think this is the second time I've been in the finals. So I won it the first time I was in it. Uh, made some playoff appearances. Didn't get there. But yeah, my team my team's funny because Mango's texting me. He's like, I can't believe this is the week your team your team goes off. And I was like, dude, fucking believe me. This is the league I started out six and zero in. I, I traded. Uh, to get Dak Prescott on my team, I traded James Winston and DJ Moore to get Dak Prescott, and then after that trade, I went two and six. It's like, how the fuck is that even possible? Uh, I wouldn't even have Jameis. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I ended up scoring most points by quite a bit. It was almost at nineteen thousand. Um, but that's my <laughs> team. Uh, nineteen hundred. Yeah, excuse me. But my <laughs> my team's one of those teams that it's like. It's either 170 or like uh, a buck ten. Like, I was, no was going to say, between. didn't you? You had one shock on this year, didn't you? In, in this league, like yeah, I think you had at least, or you were maybe you were just in the hunt for it. I was probably in the hunt for. It. I know I did one. I just can't remember if that was for Dynasty or for this league. I think it might have been. Yeah, like, for it could have been Dynasty. It could have been for uh, Dynasty, but um, but yeah. So if you if you follow along on, uh, oh shit, did I make platinum rating in? Uh, Oh, no shit. I'm uh, platinum rating in Yahoo. Thank you so much, Yahoo. I appreciate that. Big shout out. I think this is like a That must have been league. just from this week because I literally checked last week and it was just uh, Chris in our league was platinum. So you must have done it just now. It must be 800 points. Yeah. Uh, or 800 rating. I hate I hate the Yahoo rating thing. It's so friggin' ridiculous. You you get like plus ten for winning the championship, but you get minus fifty if you lose one regular season matchup. Yeah, it, it makes zero sense. But yeah, I mean, like you said, you you started off so hot. I mean, I was I had a few good weeks. I mean, I put together some good some good performances, and I was trying to track you for, um, you know, total point score because we pay that out, obviously. So, you know, I'm, I'm really hunting it and I was getting close, you know, inching, you know, week by week inching there, but I couldn't, I just couldn't catch it. I couldn't close the gap fast enough. And then the, you know, before I knew it, the end of the regular season was upon us and I was probably what 60, 70, 80 points back. I mean, and that's realistically, that's a, a week. That's a, it's close to another, I needed another full week. You, you outscored me by one full game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and it was it was all from early in the season. It was a 132, yeah. 148, 173, 193, 156. And then after that, it's 111, 117, 90, yeah. 86, well, 120. A lot of that was uh, Mike Williams, you know, yeah. scoring 30 points a game to start the year. And, and since then, cooled off a little bit. And now he's out. To, that would have been nice to see him try to bring it home for you. Yeah, I what a, I mean, Mike Williams was a sleeper of mine this year, so it would have been fantastic to to have that. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, uh, good good news for you though. Most wins, most regular season wins. You hold the the for for that. You got eleven wins. You don't hold the record. I'm just looking at some records. I guess we can probably stop talking about us. Um, <laughs> but real quick, well, you we'll, want to talk about us some more, just in a different league. <laughs> Yeah, we can. We can. Uh, yeah. In the TSF Listener League, it's us versus Mersh. Mersh trying to get that T. Higgins jersey from us. Uh, I don't have our roster up in front of us, which is probably something I should have. Um, but we absolutely crushed it last week. Um, I think at one point we were like talking in the chat, like I, I don't think that this is <laughs> – I think we're good on going to the championship. So, I mean, it's, it's honestly the only thing that's bad about it is I would love to see – another team face off like against Mersh instead of us. Cause like if we win, we're not keeping the Jersey. Like, like we're giving it away. I'm pretty sure. I mean, maybe we need to discuss it. If it's Mersh, you know, we can, <laughs> we can mess with them a little bit, but no, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, we scored 150 or 149.7 last week. I mean, usually in our league, you're looking at, I mean, a happy, easy win at like 110 if you can get there. So dropping 150 was great. I mean, Hannah R has to be pissed. She had 139 points. Like she probably thought she was sitting pretty and then looks at our team scoring 150 next door. And she's like, oh, God damn these guys. And she's a real Bengals fan. So she would have been real happy to have that T Higgins Jersey. And 
uh, only, you know, only fitting that T Higgins would be the one that pops huge this week to, uh, <laughs> to decide that against her. Yeah. Go figure. Um, I do. Well, we're going to have to talk about it. If we, if we win the whole thing, like what we, what we want to do. Um, Cause I kind of, if we won it, I kind of just want to give it to the Cincinnati Bengals fan and fuck you, Marsh. Like, be better. I, I mean, honestly, I don't think you would mind. I mean, we'd probably just have to ask him, like, "Hey, I know he came in second, but like, you're not actually a Bengals fan, so like, can we give it to Hannah R? I mean, <laughs> she really should have probably won that week, anyways. I mean, somehow we won with James Robinson tearing his Achilles, scoring one point. Tyler Johnson is in our lineup with a zero. We just <laughs> we hit on everybody else. I mean, Michael Carter had 13 points. Justin Jackson subbed in scored 30 like joe burrow had 520 passing yards like yeah everything that you could possibly oh man that's even more brutal we beat hannah r with her quarterback <laughs> she's just oh, sitting so there so sorry for if you listen to us hannah like i apologize it, fantasy football is a brutal game um but yeah i mean looking at the lineups just i mean justin jackson was huge um joe yeah. burrow though have a day 525 and in, in 4 td so at least hannah we apologize for for beating you i suppose but uh <laughs> at least your Bengals look good there was a funny quote in his post game uh i guess somebody said something like we're not going to give joe uh burrow the gold jacket yet and in his post game interview somebody was like did did that thought come to mind and you know he gave the politically correct answer and he's like were you thinking about it when you're going for 525 and he's like maybe <laughs> like, yeah, I okay, saw that. clearly it was like uh, poster it was, material. It was the defensive coordinator for the <laughs> yeah. for the Ravens. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people I know were blowing it up, but uh, Harbaugh came out and he was pretty demonstrative about. He's like, "No, I'm not mad. I mean, we've done the same thing to other teams. We were going for the rushing record against them last time we played them, like consecutive hundred yard games, something like that." And he's like, "They have every right. They have every right to do it. No big deal." The coaches seem to have a pleasant handshake at, at midfield. So I'm not a huge Harbaugh guy, but if he can. Uh, give it out or take it as good as he gives it out, then by all means, he's cool in my book. But yeah, Joe Barrow's interview was hilarious. He's like, yeah, of course I heard it. Like, was I thinking about it? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Just this, a little smirk. This is why I love that the NFL does most of the divisional matchups towards the end of the year, too, because they're always good for the scores to get run up, right? Like, when we yep. were watching the Dallas-Washington game, like, I needed a lot of things to happen in that game to feel comfortable in our dynasty matchup. They didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up losing... But the the idea that if you're in the playoffs and you know you have a divisional matchup and those teams just want to – one team wants to flex on the other one, right? Because for so long, Baltimore did it to the Bengals, rubbed it in there. Now the Bengals are doing it right. But, I mean, how many times did you watch a Pittsburgh Ravens game that's just getting oh, blown yeah. out or, or a Cleveland game? Like, that happens in these divisional matchups. So – uh, I don't know. I it's like turning of the page for the AFC North right now with the the Bengals playing the way that they are. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um. So okay. So for a listener league, us versus Mersh for the for the Higgins jerseys looking good. Hannah, stick in there. We'll, we're fighting for you. Uh, Scott in our dynasty league. So he's in the finals against Dicky. We've had Dicky on a couple times. We've made some references to him. The, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I should say that, but, Skip uh, over it. herself, but, uh, I mean, Dicky's team's the best team in our dynasty league for like, yeah, and, and that's down. despite the, the lack of performance from a lot of his key players. I mean, he has Saquon Barkley who, you know, was hurt and then hasn't played well. So, and he's still a force. I mean, and he's only getting better when he returns uh, Cam Akers at full health. And uh, who else does he have? Somebody else that's good as well. I can't remember. But, I mean, his his team's a unit. Like, by by all measuring standards, he, he has the best team in our league. Scotty is battling to get there. And he, he scored just about as many points every single week as Dickie or close to it. But he's done it in a much different way. Like, Dickie did it by drafting well in our inaugural draft and then signing players who have performed well on the contracts that he's given them scotty has on the flip side had to wheel and deal left and right deal with a thousand injuries he's lost two top 10 wide receivers in the past two weeks like it's a much different road to a championship i think scotty will have to overcome a lot more than dickie i'd i would i'd like to see either one win to be honest with you i'm just rooting for a good game i'm hoping that nobody in their lineups gets hurt they don't have to deal with COVID or anything and they can put their but their you know their best team on the field so to speak 
Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I I know it's kind of tough for listeners to you know follow along with the with the dynasty talk that we have because it's a complicated league. It's it's a salary cap league. You only have these guys for so many years, and then you have to re-sign them within a, a given cap. I almost want Dicky to win because I Dicky Dicky's longevity of this powerhouse. I just don't see him being able to sustain it. Yeah, his I, his window for a victory is narrow. Yeah, like, he needs to hit now. I I think versus Scotty, who I think has as a wider window with the talent he has and the um the cap that he has available to still re-sign people in future years. I think Dickie's more up against the wall with some of his acquisitions and uh you know his early picks. With I mean, Cam Akers is going to be due a good salary whether he's healthy or not. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you got Cam Akers, you got DeAndre Swift. He has to let Swift, Hop- he has to let uh, Hopkins go this year because yep. he's not going to be able to sign him because he's got Terry. Like, and and that is the thing. Like, Dicky Dicky definitely struck gold with Terry McLaurin. So, like, good on him. Great, and and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I think in the matchup maybe I lean a little bit towards Dicky only because it's like. You know, I do I agree with the trades and some of those players he got? No, I don't. I think he was gifted some of them, but at the same time, you know, he he also did make some pretty like head scratching signings or and you know, everybody gave him shit for trading Gibson for Damian Harris. I was involved in that trade. And I gave him a ton of shit for it. I think we all thought Harris was going to be good, but I don't think that he would be as dominant as he was like last week or really for very short spurts in the season. So, like, I don't know. Dickie, Scotty's got a big uphill battle, especially with all the injuries and stuff that he has. But Scotty's proven before, like, he has the flexibility and the knowledge to maneuver around a salary cap league very well. So I'm not too concerned about Scotty. I just, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like yeah, TSF sweep in all these championships. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Why not? I mean, that would be great if, if we all walk away with a win. I mean, it's right, between one of us, one of us has to win, and then Scotty can win. We can win all together as a league against Mersh. I mean, we have a real shot to, to assert ourselves as a, as a powerhouse unit here. I mean, I think everybody already knows that we're pretty good at fantasy football, but it really puts it on paper this year. And I think Craig's even in uh, a championship that he was mentioning. Um, the other day, I'm not sure which league it is of, is of his, but he snuck in. Had like, bar- I think he barely made the playoffs, and then he went on a run. Yeah, he was saying something about that. I'm not. I'm not actually sure what league that was. Um, yeah, I mean, nor am I. But either way, if he's in a championship, he's got a shot to win. Then let's all get one. That's 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 the way it should be. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, just to double back though, just on Dickie one more time. Like he, like you said about the Damian Harris and Antonio Gibson trade, and then the Terry McLaurin signing. Like he has these convictions about players and i know nico collins is one of them and he scored his first nfl touchdown last week so i'm sure dickie's you know on cloud nine but he sticks to him and like he was like i like damian harris i will go get damian harris even if i have to pay the price of antonio gibson or or whatever else it might be and it works out for the kid he he can scout some talent i mean he doesn't always hit he loves rashad penny but you know what rashad penny has been a startable running back the last couple weeks so if I, what do I know? At this point, maybe I'll start trusting Dickie more. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I'll say crazy things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a good point. I mean, we all have our misses and we all have our hits, right? I mean, I was I was big on uh, Darwin Thompson for a little while. Like, hey, I thought Nikhil little... Harry would catch a football. I mean, with, well, at any they, point in his life, the way uh, they were playing on Sunday, they oh. wanted Nikhil Harry to also catch a football, and he failed <laughs> to do that multiple times. I'm like, hey, Patriots, your Nikhil, your Nikhil Harry showcase should come in week seven when you're trying to showcase him before the trade deadline, not in week 16, 17 when you're trying to win like games that matter for playoff positioning. You, you freaking idiots. How do they? I, I, what I don't get is how do you go from like, hey, Nikhil Harry's on the trade block to uh, 16, we, 15 weeks later saying, hey, he's going to be the primary uh, focus on our team and play X receiver. Like, that's the other thing. Like, it's he was disgusting. playing X. Right. Know. He should be the function of a third tight end. Like he seems to be a good blocker out there and doesn't mind mixing it up with some linebackers and he's not bad at blocking. But like dude is soft as baby shit with the ball in his hands. Like how can you simultaneously block a linebacker on a crackback wham block and then the next time you have the ball, you fall down the se- the second you see him? It's the same guy. Stop <laughs> being scared. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, he is he is a solid blocker, so that'll keep him on the team. Unfortunately, um, who you traded him in Dynasty, right? You don't have him anymore. Canning has him, I think. Um, I no, I only signed him to a two year deal. So oh, just, and then I, I and then Canning signed him this year, and yeah. somebody picked him up. Um, all right. Okay, we can get into some NFL. It does make sense. I've dumped a lot of players on other people. <laughs> yeah, well, that's. I mean, that's part of the strategy of this league. I mean, we could maybe we'll do another podcast like what our upcoming strategies are because now that I got knocked out, like I got to spend some time on what my strategy is going to be. Um, so those of you in the Red Dog League listening, I think Najee might be on the block. So open to offers. Um, <laughs> well, you got you Send got a, you got a guy I want. <laughs> so uh, you, you want Etienne? <laughs> yeah, I want Etienne. Uh, Eagles uh, signed Carryon Johnson. <laughs> if I traded you Etienne for <laughs> Najee Harris. I would be kicking myself for not drafting Najee Harris last year when I had the opportunity because I'd be in the fucking playoffs <laughs> <laughs> and and giving up Kittle and uh and in an, another first. Well, it, actually, yeah. Uh, well, I just want to throw this out there too, right? We talked about this, but uh, that trade was has such a bad misconception on it because those thirty nine dollars allowed you to go and like on on a bit of a spending spree and set yourself up very well. I brought in Marquise Brown. I unfortunately brought in Will Fuller, who didn't play at all. <laughs> but I had the flexibility to spend a little, like even a couple bucks on various trades to bring in Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Russell Gage was the signing who ended up being really good for me down the stretch. Uh, gives me the flexibility down the line to sign a, a re-sign a Michael Carter, a Jerry Judy if I want to, which a James point, Connor. unless he gets a quarterback, he's fucking done. He's off the team. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean like a lot of that. And then for, yeah, freeing up that money for Kittle and bringing in Hawkinson, who was a legitimate, yeah. you know, he's a top eight tight end. I'd say he didn't have a killer year, but he's startable every week. Uh, he got it's hurt. Unfortunate. He's actually he gonna hurt, hurt his overall yeah. season total, but hey, you still won that bet yeah. with Mango. Oh yeah, yeah. Hawkinson gave me a hundred bucks <laughs> off Mango's corpse. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Let's uh, let's get to some NFL news real quick. Uh, yeah. the Eagles signed carry on Johnson to the practice squad. I think the only reason it's notable. I know that we we like you know joke around about some of this <laughs> news. We did mention it like jokingly. Uh, you, you may have, I don't know who did, but Miles Sanders is, I think it was actually Craig. (laughs) It may have been Miles Sanders is out and Howard injured his ankle. So, you know, a lot of times like actions speak louder than words. The fact that they're bringing carry on Johnson back, who's familiar with the offense should tell you quite a bit. I think about Kenneth Gainwell, you are now in a position where Kenneth Gainwell can be the guy and they, they go and bring in another running back. Now, this is the team that obviously wants to have multiple running backs on the team, but you're looking at Boston Scott, uh, Gainwell, and now potentially carry on Johnson. I, I think Boston Scott might be a play, um, but we can talk about that probably on start and sits and as we get a little bit more information on that. Um, should I mention the Jaguars news? Is that even relevant? I don't know. I I threw it in there. The Jaguars keeping their GM on board. I mean, it's the guy who brought in Urban Meyer who's not on board. So it's like you're 0 for 1 at your head coaching position. You're 0 for 1 as far as allowing somebody to influence your draft picks. So I don't know. Let's see uh, see who else he brings in and see how long he stays on board. Because the the thing that I would be concerned about, you lose your head coach, which means that Travis Etienne is no longer the same you know, future prospect that you thought he might be. I mean, you assumed with Urban Meyer that he drafted him because he wanted him. So a new coach comes in. You don't know how he feels about him, but at least you have the same GM there who signed off on the ETN. I call it a reach. I think they drafted him a little early and he could be the one, you know, handing down the directive to say, whoever I hire as the coach is playing Travis ETN. And that's fucking, that's it. That's all there is to it. He says that maybe for six weeks until he's fired. Who knows? (laughs) But it's. It, I think it's a little bit important as far as the next year view of the Jaguars, but I, I think that's the only significance it might hold is that he gets to continue to have an input on the players that were drafted this year, which was really just ETN. I think from all of them really matters. Yeah, and I mean ETN too poses like a fantastic dynasty by low right now, right? Because a lot of people got yeah. sour on him because when he got hurt, and then James Robinson came in and did great. So everybody's looking at at it and saying. 
oh, James Robinson's fine. They're going to continue to – James Robinson just tore his Achilles. Like, that dude yeah. is not going to be ready next year, which opens the door for ETN. If you could sneak in now and get him low, Dallas, give me yep. ETN. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But if you can sneak Unless in Unless Robinson get him, somehow gets on Cam Akers' program and comes back in five months. Yeah, so, oh, so, so let's move over to that. So, uh, obviously, he's been activated. He wasn't active last week. Uh, they've lost Daryl Henderson. He's out three to five weeks. Sony has looked fantastic. Uh, now, but now Cam Akers can play. So, right. uh, you know, McVeigh is the one that's saying that it's possible that Akers plays. I think it's all coach speak. I, I don't yep. see how this is a reality. Um, I mean, we look at the most recent running back to get the Achilles tear, Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack was a fine player before he tore his Achilles. He's pretty much non-existent right now. I mean, yeah, he's behind yeah. Jonathan Taylor, but in today's NFL, teams are using other running backs. Like, if Marlon Mack showed that he could, you know, be a solid running back, I'm sure that the Colts would, you know, spare JT a little bit more. Uh, my guess is that Marlon Mack is not what Marlon Mack was pre-Achilles injury, and that's why we're not hearing much about him. So for Akers to tear it and then come back in, what, four months? Five yeah, months? It, it, it's absolutely crazy. And and to double down on the Marlon Mack point, like simultaneously with the Colts not really playing him all that much pre-trade deadline and then healthy scratching him for the last six weeks, no yeah. teams re- offered enough for the Colts to entertain a, a trade offer. So maybe they're equivalently worried about that Achilles. But I just can't imagine that Cam Akers on four to five months of rehab off of an Achilles tear when typically that recovery is a full year plus is ready to play NFL football at the level that can actually help the team win or even play it to Sony Michelle's level. Like Cam Akers is better than Sony Michelle, all things being equal, both of them being healthy. I'm not never going to argue that, but Cam Akers on one foot is not better than Sony Michelle. And maybe with Daryl Henderson hurt, you say, okay, I'm going to address Cam Akers emergency situation he can go out there and stand there and just be a decoy. We're not even going to have him block if he sees a linebacker run at him, fall on the ground and get out of the way. But why even bother? Like, that's just holding a dead spot on your roster. And I know that there is some financial implications. I, I think Craig was the one who, who texted us and said um, the Rams put him back on the active roster because he needs to have three weeks on the active roster to work towards his pension and yada, yada, yada. Like, financial side stuff. Great. Really nice, classy move by the Rams. Don't put him on the football field when you could just go pick up any bum running back off the scrap heap. Like any anybody at all can do what a person five months removed from an Achilles injury can do. Like yeah, I, you could take me off the street and I'll be as effective as Cam Akers on one foot. Because I'm not going to do shit. That's how effective I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm going to run away from an NFL linebacker as soon as I see him. You know, it, it makes me almost wonder, too, like, at what point does the agent step in and say, hey, yo, dude, you're still playing on a rookie contract. Like, you want to blow your career? This is the way to blow your career is to go play football. Like, he should almost right. be He's like, you know what, fuck your one pension. huge deal. He doesn't have it yet. Like, fuck your, yeah, fuck your pension, dude. Like, stay healthy. You're go- you're, somebody's going to sign you three years from now. Don't worry about it. Like, get a payday and then do this crazy psycho five-month recovery nonsense, you <laughs> looney tune. Also, where's my 10%? <laughs> um, it, it was going to be very interesting. Um, we did uh, – you you made a note. The guy – guys kill Gurley. Now he's after Akers. So maybe maybe McVeigh is just trying to kill all the running backs. Yeah, where's but your yeah, respect I mean, for your you know, running backs' lower bodies? It is a good point because, like, Gurley's been in that offense before. Just go get Gurley. Just bring Gurley in, right? Just, just do that. I like. I would literally rather have Todd Gurley than Cam Akers right now. I mean, fucking RG three keeps saying every two seconds that he wants to play. I'd bring him back and put him at running back before <laughs> I let uh, Cam Akers friggin' go re tear his. Achilles. If he goes out on that field and re tears his Achilles, his career is done. Yeah. We have never seen a running back with two Achilles tears, especially not the same one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh. It, yeah. This would be no bueno. Uh, good news for Raiders fans. Darren Waller is hoping to return this week. We thought he was going to play last week. Like, I thought he was going to play last late week. Uh, it sounded like yeah. he was limited. He was questionable going into the game. And then he was ruled out, I feel like, on Saturday. So I feel like he was a late decision for the team to say, no, he's not playing. 
Um, yeah. So it sounds like he was he late enough that Scotty even ended up starting him. Like he, his team dropped 270 points. So it wasn't really anything to worry about, yeah. but Scott still had a dead spot in his tight end lineup. Could have gone horribly wrong. Yeah. And some ridiculous, crazy league that he had. That was wild screenshot <laughs> to look at. Yeah. Uh, of. We already touched on Daryl Henderson's out three to five weeks. Uh, Jimmy G. So he's got a fracture and a torn ligament on his thumb uh, in his throwing hand. Um, so the Trey Lance conversations start coming back in, which blows because yeah, you talk about Debo being a focal point of that offense. You talk about George Kittle being, you know, George Kittle. I mean, he he was dud last week for sure, but he was he was playing very well. Now you insert a rookie quarterback. What's the offense look like? Like in your fantasy, it's playoffs. a complete question mark. Like you, yeah, you can, you have to if you have ridden Debo Samuel and Kittle to this point, they have to be in your starting lineup, no matter who the quarterback is, and you just hope for upside. But it's a complete question mark with Lance. We don't know what to expect. I would assume that Kittle would dominate the targets if that were the case. You know, some play action rollout stuff, and Kittle's right there, and he chucked down to him. Cool. I'd worry more about Debo, but Debo still seems to get his uh, stats as a running back, so he might be okay. But Jimmy G still says he's trying to play. Like, this is going to be a huge question mark all week. And then you have Shanahan piling on on top of everything coming out today and saying the last month Trey Lance has had his best and most consistent practice. of of his rookie campaign. So it's just maybe it's a, a cloud of confusion that they're trying to kind of send out from San Fran. So you don't know who the quarterback is. Maybe it hurts the other team's game plan a bit, but it's troubling from a fantasy perspective for exactly what you said. I mean, Debo has been a top, what top five, top three wide receiver. Oh yeah. He's been top. And now you league. don't know if you can start him. I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to start him. I think just, I mean, the dude's a playmaker yeah. with the, with the ball in his hand. Like, um, but yeah, it, so you I ride, mean, his, ride and die by whatever he does. His, his ceiling could be much, much lower. Um, we hit, we kind of hit on this, uh, Miles Sanders. So he, he's officially out. He broke his hand. Uh, he will not be coming back. Uh, I mean, and for fantasy people, we, I mean, this is the last week. Um, so he's out. We kind of already talked about the, the carry on Johnson thing, Boston Scott, yada, yada. Jordan Howard's got dealing with an issue as well. Uh, James, we talked about James Robinson. He tore his Achilles. Uh, Scotty's boy is, uh, (laughs) next man up. He scored a touchdown. I mean, like he had a like decent fantasy day. Like if you're starving for a guy who's can make plays at the running back position, I mean, a Goomba Wale ain't the worst thing that you could do. Uh, they play New England, who... Uh, yeah, I mean, the, that, that's the Pats that's defense. A he wasn't massively efficient. He was 17 attempts for 57 yards. Now he faces New England. Like, that's not a recipe for success. But, again, if you're hurting for a, a, a running back, you could, you could do worse. I mean, we've been... Our run defense has been so inconsistent. Oh, it's been putrid. <laughs> putrid. Uh, I would not suggest starting Agumba Wale in your playoffs if you don't have to. Uh, I'll just throw that out there. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, uh, he's expected to clear a concussion protocol. I don't know how much that means to many of you, um, but those of you, again, like starving for a tight end, he's a tight end. That yeah, he had ben a handful of startable to. weeks this year. He's not by any means like a guy that I'm, I'm targeting. I don't, I don't want to play him, especially with how bad big Ben and that whole offense has looked. But if you're desperate, I mean, he's got touchdown upside. If they can get close, I mean, you've seen him, you've seen him make some nice catches in the red zone. Seems to be more preferred than uh, anybody else there at the tight end spot. So I don't know. That's not, it's not a sword that I'm uh, falling on anytime soon, but yeah, I mean, if if you go for it, if you have, yeah, if you have no options at tight end, I mean, whatever It, it is, what it is. Uh, all right. I would just guess that if you're starting Firemuth, like in your league, you could probably go grab Gerald Everett, and he's been like more than serviceable <laughs> the last two or three weeks. Like, just go go pick him up; it's easier. Like Russell Wilson sucks, but somehow Gerald Everett is still scoring nine to fourteen points a week. Yeah, well, I don't know that Wilson pushed the ball down the field. I think that might be one of the reasons why Everett <laughs> is doing so well. Yeah. Uh, all right, COVID's COVID's still a thing. So here we go with some COVID outs. Bruce Arians out. I don't 
I mean, it means nothing. You get Tom Brady, he's your quarterback for Tampa Bay. Um, but it's, yeah, Tom it, Brady will call every play. He'll call the defense if he has to. Yeah. Well, yes, he, he I'm sure that he will. Um, I mean, I guess it's interesting just to note about like maybe overall game planning and stuff like that. If he can't be with the team, maybe it's a little bit affected, but we'll see. Uh, Carson Wentz. My biggest concern, I was going to say just my biggest concern would be with how many receivers they're already missing, like, and just Antonio Brown really being there. Like you can't have Arians there to help out coaching up, uh, you know, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, those kind of guys. Like it's not a huge deal. I wouldn't think it impacts too, too much, but. It's an interesting little wrinkle to lose your head coach, uh, who's you know an offensive-minded head coach at the end of the day. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's a good. I that's a good point about coaching guys up. I mean, you look at Ronald Jones and you look at Keyshawn Vaughn, who are getting screamed at by Brady every once in a while. I mean, there's going to be no Bruce Arians there to talk him down, and I'm sure that Brady just bullies <laughs> exactly. Leftwich all the time. Like Leftwich try, probably uh, tries to bring some up, and and Brady's like shooting spitballs at him. He's probably like, remember when we played against each other, I beat you 49 nothing. Shut the fuck up, Byron. Sick name, by the way. You sound like a 19, friggin' 1830s poet. Fucking uh, Lord Byron over here. Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz, he's out for the week, so he is COVID. Um, I did read something that there was like, he may play in week 17 because of the new rules that the CDC's put out about the things. Now, Wentz is unvaccinated. So yes, the the I don't. Th- this is how stupid the world of of COVID is is starting to get. So they had rules about isolation. They had rules about if an unvaccinated player tested positive. Now they're changing all of that, and the PA and the NFL I don't think have agreed on what the new CDC guidelines is on what can and can't isolate. I think if you are a Colts, if you own any share of the Colts passing attack plan to be without Carson Wentz for right now. Like, he tested right. positive, just plan that he's not going to be there. If he's there, Pittman can go, Wentz can probably go. I mean, there's not a lot of passing options on that team anyway, but... Yeah, T.Y. had a good game. I'm still not trusting him as a, as a safe start. If you want to use him as an upside flex, so be it. I won't, I, you know, I won't battle you on it, but I think that's really it. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, the PA in the NFL... Is not they're not going to come to some sort of agreement on new CDC rules that drop today in one week. Like they don't work that fast. They don't come to agreements that quickly. It just never works that way. So the CDC says, okay, we're going from a 10-day quarantine to a five-day quarantine. Great, I guess. I don't think it impacts the NFL this week. Uh maybe playoffs if they make some sort of ruling for that. But it's huge. I mean, that that's massive because five days from 10 days means if you get popped on a Sunday, you can still play as long as your game's not on a Thursday. But I mean, if it's playoffs, it's not going to matter. You can still play. And it seems like they're really ramping up the testing of these guys after games. I mean, Matt Judon got tested after the Patriots game and he came back positive for COVID. So he probably won't be playing on Sunday, which sucks. But if they reduce that period to five days, he might, he would be eligible. And if it's playoffs again, you have that full week. So that's a huge, huge, huge difference. It's it's a hilarious difference. It doesn't make any sense. It like no sense. they're all they're saying is, oh well, yeah, it used to be ten days, but you know, if your workforce or like your national entertainment is affected in any way, shape, or form, like yeah, we'll change it. Like we'll we'll <laughs> lessen it. Don't don't worry about it too much. Oh, oh like, you're well, bu- dude. You're- we can shift these timelines as much as we want. None of this makes any sense. We'll move it around. You know what? <laughs> uh, it, it actually doesn't come out at 10 o'clock anymore. It comes out at 11.35 now. So that's that's the new time. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we can get political about this. So it turns out that this. bars close down at 1 a.m. So how about we just end it at 1? That's when COVID comes up. Go yeah. home now. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. But it's yeah, still, I don't want to get too political. Yeah. It's still impacting our fantasy uh, playoffs. Uh, Marlon Mack, we already – I mean, he hasn't been active. Uh, but he has it, which is nerve-wracking. Because that this is where the target testing has come into play and has fucked some people. Is that the more COVID in a room, the more tests of that room they do. Which means if JT gets it, that is going to kill almost... It. If you're in the championship right now, yeah, and you don't have Jonathan Taylor... I, I mean, you had to have drafted a very, very good team. I'm not saying that every team out there has a, a – a, but if you drafted Jonathan Taylor and at least didn't make your playoffs, you probably sucked 
Like Jonathan Taylor should be on You're, most yeah, fantasy you should be rosters. In- Championship like you should rosters. be in the vast minority of, of non-playoff teams that owned JT. Like, if you drafted JT, you probably got him in between picks 6 and 10, which means that you had the early pick on the way back. So as long as you didn't fuck up that second pick, or the guy didn't get injured or right. what have you, you should be in your championship. And that's exactly where I am with the, with the JT pick. I picked 6, I believe, and... It's just cake. I mean, it's cake from there on out. Of course, I of course I'm in the playoffs. Six is a great spot to draft from. <laughs> or maybe I was nine. Whatever I was. I mean, like as long as you don't blow your second pick, you're in the playoffs. It's that simple. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. I'm I'm looking I'm looking you up right now. Like we, we're in a two QB league, and I have Russell Wilson and Big Ben slash Teddy Bridgewater Bridgewater as my second. Those guys suck. It doesn't matter because I have JT and James Conner. Yeah, JT, you had a uh, pick eight. You went JT. You went JT, and then uh, Russell Wilson. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. And Which then, I, well, well, with what sense. I thought Russell Wilson would do. Well, I, I two quarterback league day. Yeah, that was late for Russell Wilson. Well, and then and Brickley grabbed two quarterbacks on the turn with Herbert and Murray. So yeah, shit. They started fuck my whole life up. <laughs> I don't think I would have taken Russell Wilson if he didn't go. If I if he didn't go with two quarterbacks, I would have waited till pick three. But we'll see next year what I do. Yeah, uh, Mike Williams ruled out for week seventeen, which is really unfortunate. I mean, you talk about a guy that you know he started very very hot, he cooled off, and then he became a very like spotty wide receiver too. Uh, but he's out. So Guyton and Palmer shares should should continue to be there. Julio Jones. It's not really relevant. Mike Williams, uh, or Mike Williams, Mike Evans. So Mike Evans is on the COVID list, huh? Yeah, they just put him on yesterday, which is interesting. I missed it yesterday. I didn't even see the uh, the alert come through. But that just piles on to his issues of like questionable hamstring slash now COVID. Yeah, looks great for AB in our matchup. I was going to say, I'd love for him <laughs> to come back and take some targets away from AB. So hopefully he's vaxxed and we can get him back on the field. Uh, Mercedes Lewis and Jacob Hollister also on the COVID list. Um, I only put Mercedes <laughs> Lewis in there because he's such a fantastic blocker that it's almost a, I don't worry about the passing game. Like Josiah DeGard does not become startable because Mercedes Lewis is out. But Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon take a slight hit because Mercedes Lewis is out. He is probably the best blocking tight end in the NFL next to Gronk. And it's not the end of the world to lose your tight end of the block as a blocker, but it's big because it lets you do a lot more stuff that Green Bay does well, which is move him around. He's athletic enough to make it from one side of the line to the other. He's, I don't know, he's versatile in the blocking game. Just something to mention. Jacob Hollister doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah. Um, Mercedes Lewis has been in the league for like 15 years. It's great. Good for him. Oh, my God, dude. I feel like he's been just on – he's probably only been on three or four teams, but it feels like he's been on every team, and he's always kind of just been there. Like, you go, I kind of forgot about that guy, and they see him catch a pass. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, he's always been pretty good. Mercedes Lewis. Uh, like, some, when, when did he get drafted? There was a, there's a running joke with uh, Baldy. Uh, I don't know if you remember from years ago. We, he was talking about Mercedes Lewis, and, like, it just – every year it seems like – us, our our friend group, ends up talking about uh, Mercedes Lewis somehow around fantasy uh, football season. All right, studs and duds, real quick. He was drafted 06, though. That's crazy. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, so about fifteen years. Yeah. Dead. Oof, wild. Um. <laughs> all right, we talk about some studs. We got Joe Burrow, thirty-eight point one points. Dak Prescott, thirty-one point three points. I mean, these two quarterbacks absolutely smashed. Joe Burrow, the 525 yards, fourth all-time, four TDs. Dak Prescott, 330 yards, four TDs. Yeah, and it was only in in three quarters. I think he actually had broken the record for most passing yards in a half, or or maybe it was (laughs) just this season, uh, most passing yards in a half. And I think three of his his four – I thought he had five touchdowns. Um, But anyway – I think he had all four in the first half. He may have. I'm 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 looking it up right now, but it's not going to tell me when it, when it all happened. Uh, wasn't the offensive lineman touchdown in the second half? I don't know. Um, Whatever. Oh, Barrow had two ninety nine before halftime, the most in the first half by an NFL quarterback, and the most ever by any quarterback in the first half against the Ravens. Okay, 
So that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm confused. There's two quarterbacks going at it, killing it. Uh, then we get some wide receivers here. T. Higgins, 37 points, 194 yards, two TDs. Devontae Adams, being Devontae Adams, uh, 10, <laughs> 10, uh, 28 fantasy points, 10 catches, 13, uh, 13 targets, 113 yards, two touchdowns. It's like that. that's just an expected line for Devontae Adams is just how many touchdowns is he going to get? You know what I mean? Like 10 for 13 and 113 isn't that surprising. Yeah, and like, and it's he, like how many touchdowns? That's how good he is. And he put up that line, and uh, and you're probably like, oh yeah, that's that's the best game of the week or best uh, best wide receiver of the week. And then T Higgins comes out and goes, yeah, hold my beer, pal. Like he had a fucking day, almost 200 yards and two scores. That's a hell of a hell of a game. That offense is scary with uh, Jamar Chase on it now because go cover Jamar Chase. T Higgins is open. Cover T Higgins. Jamar Chase is open. It's going to be problems. Running back studs. Justin Jackson, 30 yards. Joe Mixon, 28.5. Uh, or 30 points, excuse me, for Justin Jackson. 11 carries, 64 yards, two TDs, 8-9 catching for 98 receiving yards for Justin Jackson. That is a prototypical Austin Eckler stat line right there. Um, <laughs> and then Joe Mixon, 28.5 points, 18 carries, 65 yards, a TD, 6-6, six 70 yards, and a TD. Uh, Joe Mixon's been a fantastic surprise for me this year. I mean, we are talking about a guy that I thought was going to bust this year. <laughs> Joe Mixon. Yeah, I but. mean that whole offense this week got back on track. Joe Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow, for that matter, have both been down a little bit for the last few weeks. So to see that happen as they try to make a playoff push, very very good. Justin Jackson, I didn't expect to see that in a million years out of the friggin' kid. So good for him. Love to see it. Honestly, I don't think he continues that. If Austin Eckler is back, I think he goes back to a huge back burner role. I don't care how good he played. I don't think he's one of those people that has now played himself into continued increased snaps. I don't think the Chargers really operate that way. But really, really good to see it happen because I like I like Justin Jackson. I always have. I just didn't think he had it in him, but good for him. Yeah, I I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even put a bit on him. I didn't think I had a shot. <laughs> well, yeah. So I I ended up winning him. He played Houston. And that's that's why I looked at it. And I was like, all right, this dude plays yeah. Houston. Like he plays Denver this week. So even if Austin Eckler's out, I don't I would not suggest playing Justin Jackson. Uh but yeah, yeah. I mean he he killed it, but he also played Houston. Uh two tight end studs this week. Mark Andrews, twenty two and a half. Uh fantasy points, eight catches uh on ten targets, hundred and twenty five yards in a in a tutty. Uh Schulte Boy, eighteen point two fantasy points, eight and nine. Eight catches on nine targets, 82 yards, and also a tutty, as Baldy would say. Yeah, I mean, Schultz has been very, very good this year, and he's kind of flown under the, a lot of people's radars. The last two weeks, he's really killed it. So I think he if you own him, he's a must start in your league unless you have somehow have another tight end one, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey. He's tight end but, four on the season. Yeah, but Mark Andrews, I mean, he is tight end one on the season right now. And I don't think Travis Kelsey is going to catch him after this week uh, with, with Kelsey being out and, and Andrews playing and killing it. So, and actually, it, it's bears mentioning that Mark Andrews did this with Josh Johnson at quarterback. So it appears that Mark Andrews is, as we always say, quarterback proof, which is fantastic. And you can trot him out there any week with confidence because he's just that big of a part of the Ravens' passing attack. Yeah, I get a uh, I get a hot take on tight ends that we're gonna have to talk about at some point. Um, <laughs> but they they might be the most important fantasy position out there, game changing fantasy yep. uh, position. Tight ends. Uh, what do you know? Uh, all right, we get some duds to go over. Matt Stafford absolutely flopped on his fucking face. Hundred ninety seven yards, a TD, and three interceptions. And it's not like this game was like uh, it, he just sucked. Like, he just was not good. And now Tom Brady, uh, 14.3 fantasy points, 232 yards in a TD. That was game script based. I mean, they won 32 to 6. They didn't need to do anything. Matt Stafford needed to be good in that game, and he just sucked. I mean, Tom Brady is a dud. When I tell you the score is 32 to 6, I mean, Dak Prescott could have been a dud. For I mean, he could. they went out and they scored 21 points very, very quickly, and Dak Prescott could have flopped. But Brady yep. flopped for reasons that aren't him sucking. Stafford did, and and that was an issue. I mean, Cup at one point had like three total points, three catches, three targets. Like he sucked. Yeah, he was looking terrible the entire game. Brady just kind of stopped 
having to play football. So I put him in there because if you started Tom Brady, game script or not, you wanted you know a minimum twenty points out of him. I really toyed with putting Baker Mayfield in here as a dud, but with your expectation of Tom Brady fourteen versus the twenty plus that you expected. I mean, Baker got 13.98, so he's 0.4 behind Tom Brady in points. But he threw four picks, looked terrible, and then lost his team the game. So he's probably the bigger dud. But your expectations for Baker Mayfield are probably like 17 points at this point uh, as a ceiling. So I just, I don't know. I I was torn. I just knew that I would have Baker Mayfield right here because he fucking burned me personally. I mean, I think, he didn't throw four picks. He would have had a nice hit for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, I'm sure, is in more lineups than Baker Mayfield is. Uh, Tyree Kill, uh, we were talking about this before the podcast. We <laughs> thought he had COVID. Uh, and like you were mentioning, maybe he was having some respiratory things. He only got 2.9 uh, fantasy points, two for two on 19 yards. Uh, the other wide receiver, Dud, this shouldn't be a surprise. It's a Seattle Seahawks wide receiver, Tyler Lockett. Four point four, uh, four and a half fantasy points. Caught 50% of his balls for 30 yards, three catches on six. So I thought the same thing about Lockett. I was like, I can't put him on here. And then I clicked into him and I looked at his stats and I was like, ah, shit. Well, the last three weeks he's been startable. He was like 15 points a a game. It's like, well, I didn't even notice that. So that shows how much I'm paying attention to Seattle. But the a drop off like this, if he gave you three weeks in a row of startable 12 to 15 point games and then he gives you four, five, like that's unacceptable. That lost you a game, probably. Same with Tyree Kill. The guy comes off the COVID list on Sunday, and you go, "Oh my God, this is so exciting! It's Tyree Kill in the Chiefs' offense, like, and they're playing the Steelers, who who suck." And and then then I tell you that Casey hung thirty points on him in the first half. You're like, "Oh my God, how many points does Tyreek have? Sixty? Nope, he has two targets, two catches, uh, nineteen yards. He really, yeah, really, really crushed it for you there, guy. Like, that's so not a Tyreek Hill game in any aspect. And I fucking hate Tyreek Hill, but. If he's healthy and he's playing, you expect to see more than that out of him. Of, of all people, I mean, he's one of the the biggest boomer bust guys, and really has been all boom his whole career. And well, and that that's another game probably we could contribute to game script too. I mean, they played Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh looked awful. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, uh, okay. Here's here's two guys that. Uh, that that's very interesting heading into fantasy playoffs. Saquon Barkley averaging two yards a carry. By the way, fifteen carries, thirty-two yards, one catch, one target, negative four yards for three point three whopping fantasy points. And Alvin Kamara, I mean, he got stuffed. There was no running room uh, on Monday Night Football. Six point nine uh, fantasy points is almost like sixty-nine, but you know something's in the middle. Uh, <laughs> Thirteen carries, fifty-two yards, uh, two catches on four targets for seven yards. I mean. Not the game that many people wanted from Alvin Kamara going against Miami. Not even close to what people thought. For being down on your second, like Saquon Barkley was the first. He was the first overall pick his year, right, or the second overall pick. Yeah, I mean, he was like, the fucker. These these guys are not, and I mean, thirteen and fifteen carries is like decent usage considering you know, how much can you run the ball as the saints when you're losing to the dolphins and then the giants, I mean, 15 carries, Sure. But they didn't really have the ball that much. Philly was running a lot of clock off the, off the board, but excuses aside, like, like you said, heading into your fantasy playoffs, what do you do? Like Saquon Barkley is not startable. Alvin Kamara. Yeah. He's startable. I'm sticking with him. I'm going to think this is a fluke and he bounces back from it. But at what point with even Kamara do I say none of these quarterbacks in New, or- New Orleans that they've tried, whether it's Simeon, whether it's Taysom Hill, whether it's Ian Book, can support Alvin Kamara having RB1 days, 15-plus points? Like, it's troubling. It, it's it's more than troubling because you don't know what to do with your, with your fantasy squad. You can easily lose a matchup by starting either one of these guys. But who do you sub them out for? What, am I going to fucking sub Alvin Kamara out for Duke Johnson? No, right. I'm not a lunatic. But at this point, you might have to. Uh, I, I mean, it's a, it's a tough spot to be in. I mean, if you have Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley, you're going to make a decision between both of them. I mean, I'm taking Alvin Kamara 100% of the time. I mean, Sa- Saquon has not carried the ball more than 16 times this year. Yeah. I, I mean, the dude oh, yeah, is between just... Between the two, I'm leaning Kamara. No, no doubt. No doubt whatsoever. 
a fucking. But if disaster. I could go pick up Rex Burkhead right now, I might start him over Kamara. <laughs> you shake you. That's a lunaticish type of move. <laughs> uh, I, I I do think that Alvin Kamara at some point hopefully bounce back. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, tight end duds. Rob Gronkowski. I know I had him as a start. Two point eight fantasy points. One catch on two targets for twenty three yards. George Kittle. Uh, that one sucked for me personally. I mean, I had yeah. him in a dynasty matchup, 3.1 points, two catches for 21 yards on three targets. I mean, again, Gronk, yeah. we kind of talked about it with Brady's game script. Kittle just fell apart. And, and now you're looking at Trey Lance. Like I don't, you still start Kittle, right? Like, yeah, you have to, his upside's always there. But I think this is just one of those expectations with Kittle right now that's like you have to expect him to bust. He's he's on a team that's not a very good offense. And it's just playing. Yeah, I like you just need ten points out of him. Like, yes, you would love the twenty five point game. Yes, he's giving you a couple big ones. If you can get ten, smile, be happy, and move on because it's a touchdown in forty yards. And that's that, that's all you can expect out of the San Fran offense. It's not a powerhouse. Even the games they score some points. I don't know. It feels fluky. It feels not repeatable. Gronk, like you said, game script, no big deal. But uh I'd expect I would expect both of them to bounce back. They're not guys that typically stay dormant or quiet for too long. So uh hopefully they come back. I mean, neither one of them are sittable for your fantasy playoffs. If you if you take one of them out, first of all, who are you going to put in? Jared Cook, K. Gerald Everett, maybe he does better. Who who knows? But one of these guys goes for twenty on your bench. You're going to kick yourself for the rest of your life. Well, maybe you don't take fantasy that seriously, but you're going to kick yourself for at least a week or two. <laughs> uh, we take it that seriously, uh, George. Oh, K- yeah, I, mean, I would never stop talking about it. Like, hey Tom, remember that uh, 2021 <laughs> where I fucking sat Gronk and he scored thirty points and then I lost to you by ten? Yeah, Fuck sick. Uh, Kittle plays Houston this week too. For those of you who aren't uh, looking, so I mean that's that's good. Uh, all right, uh, little studs and duds. We did some COVIDs. We did some news. We did some stuff. Some updates on where we're at. Um, I this is kind of a tough week. So I'm like celebrating family Christmas on Thursday, and then we got New Year's Eve. You're and I, you know, I'm sure you got stuff going on, Craig, and I, I'm sure we're gonna have one more podcast with the uh, start and sits. Um, I will definitely have the, 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 the article up, uh, that'll be, up, oh, yeah. that should be up Friday. Uh, so make sure you check that out. It's topshelfantasy.com. Um, but after that, I mean, I, I don't then know what else into, we got. I mean, we get that. We, we get, get into the power end of hour. year stuff. I mean, we got final rankings. Um, we're going to do awards. I know we want to do awards this, uh, this year to wrap that up. Um, I, I know we talked about doing a, a quick review of our initial rankings versus the year end ones to see where we hit, see where we could have been better. Um, I know it's a ton of injuries this year, so that's going to impact a lot of stuff. And then we're on the road to 200 podcasts. I mean, that's coming any day now. The road to 200. Away. I like it. Yeah, the road to 200. So, <laughs> um, I mean, that's going to be big. We'll do something big. We'll figure it out. Uh, we got to we got to brainstorm that a bit. Yeah, and and for those of you you know that that listen to like make sure you you check in. We'll probably slow the pace down quite a bit, you know, for the next couple of months or so. Um, but we're all heavily involved in dynasty league, so like we'll have dynasty talk from now until pretty much August of next year. Um, I'm sure we'll still make it a priority throughout the summer to get on and start talking dynasty and what we think. And oh, I mean, early we'll rankings, have national championship stuff. stuff. Um, talk about the players that shine there. Uh, we did that last year. We'll like have that to, uh, you know, what we'll have to do is get Baldy on for yeah. national championship weekend or not weekend, but you know that that time of year where all the yeah. the bowls start happening uh and and start getting some some bets unless it already happens i really don't follow college football it's, until it's, the it's coming over. up yeah it's starting <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so we'll i mean, have to get some bets it, but we'll that. get the national championship stuff we'll start talking about some big prospects i know craig always does a ton of uh, homework we'll call it and uh then a ton of research and, and and really he really spearheads our our rookie research i'd say over here at tsf he's our he's our college guy more than anybody um I mean, then it's, I mean, then it's just gearing up for next year. I mean, like you said, dynasty stuff will be coming out still. Scott launched an article today that you guys should check out over at uh, topshelffantasy.com about dynasty players to target and add to your team. Uh, Low percentage ownership guys 
go check it out. I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's some good guys in there. I mean, if, if they weren't already owned in our dynasty, I'm talking about guys that are sub 5% owned that are owned in our dynasty league. So I can give you an idea of how, how deep our league is. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's most dynasty leagues. You're going to have massive rosters and stuff like that. So, I mean, these are, these I are think super, used, super, I think he used sleeper, which is still dynasty dominated, you know? I hope he has Kyle Granson on there. That boy's getting some looks and snaps. Love it. Uh, all right. Uh, well, we'll leave it here. So look out Friday for the article, topshelffantasy.com. We'll have another podcast probably posted Friday as well. Uh, you can get all the news, everything. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Top Shelf FNTSY. How you doing? Couple two trays. Couple two trays.